This podcast is created for you by Griefwell, a nonprofit offering grief resources and services to adults in grief. Visit www.grievewell.com to learn more about our services and how we can support you through your grief journey. Welcome to the club for people who have lost people, a space for anyone to join in an open conversation about grief and the unique journey we go on after a loss. Put on your headphones, pull up a chair, and let's talk about grief. Ninety-seven percent of employees have been bereaved at least once. When we think of that statistic, I started to look into bereavement policies. What policies existed and how were we supporting those who were bereaved? 97% is a very high number. So what are we doing with our bereavement policies in order to support such a large amount of people? In today's episode, we discuss bereavement policy and how it can vary depending on your location. I have paired up with two wonderful people who have agreed to have a Zoom interview. (laughs) Anna is an HR professional who will introduce herself in just a couple of moments. And Laria, you may recognize from the last podcast. She is our marketing and outreach coordinator at Griefwell. Laria definitely set up the Zoom meeting (laughs) and connected me with Anna. So I'll let Anna introduce herself. Uh, As Haley mentioned, my name is Anna. So I work in the HR field, kind of in the payroll and benefits space, but also as a generalist. I do have a master's in human resource and organizational development, and I've been in the field for about four years now. Great. So my knowledge, as we've discussed prior to this, is very limited. (laughs) So that's kind of why we decided to do an interview setting something that allows us to get someone's opinion that is outside of Grievewell, as well as someone who has dealt with the bereavement leave and things and the HR side of things. So we'll start off with a list of questions. It's going to be very conversational. We'll start off with basic question about bereavement policy. Can you tell us a little bit about what bereavement policy is and what are you entitled to by law? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, typically a bereavement policy, or sometimes it's called compassionate leave, is time off to either attend the funeral or plan the funeral or just grieve the death of a loved one. In a lot of companies, that typically means immediate family or extended family. Often it doesn't include friends or coworkers or extended relatives, and that's something we can discuss in a little bit more detail later. Federally, there's no laws requiring bereavement. I know there's a couple of states that either have passed legislation or have considered legislation for uh, very specific circumstances. I know, for example, Oregon, I believe has a law that requires bereavement leave when you lose a child. So some um, state requirements as far as very specific circumstances, but no general requirement for bereavement leave. So I think one thing too that we'll discuss a little bit more in detail later is just bereavement is kind of that time that you are allotted. So when we talk about bereavement policy, it's that time allotted off of work or before returning to work that you take to grieve. But as we've kind of stated, there's no set guidelines, there's no set laws. It's kind of a state-by-state, company-by-company basis. So what are some of the policies you see companies use? And what's a popular 
kind of rule to follow for bereavement policy? So I'd say there's probably two primary ways that companies handle bereavement. Some companies just have a flat amount of leave, let's say, for example, three days for immediate family, extended family or family of a spouse or domestic partner. Here's your flat amount of time and this is what you get. The other approach is to have it tiered based on the relationship with the person. So for example, uh, the Society for Human Resource Management does a survey of benefits um, every year and they reported that the average amount of bereavement leave is about four days. More often that's for spouse or child loss. And then when you look at, let's say grandparents, um, siblings, other kind of people we think of as immediate family, but not spouse or child, on average that's gonna be three days. Then if you have relative of a spouse, that's probably two days. And then extended family member, cousin, aunt, uncle, um, is gonna typically be one day. And as I mentioned earlier, typically no bereavement leave is offered for a friend or a colleague. But that said, most companies will allow you to take other paid time off, whether that be sick time or vacation time that you're entitled to, or in the worst case scenario, unpaid time off. Right. I mean, paid sick just passed in Michigan last year, I believe. So with paid sick time being used in bereavement, is there any um, type of legalities or how do you go about using bereavement leave or paid sick time in the workplace? So the paid sick leave that was passed in Michigan last year um, is more centered towards taking care of yourself or a loved one when they're sick, but doesn't so much cover time off for bereavement or death of an immediate family member. So that's kind of the issue, I think. We talk about you know sickness, we talk about leave for injury, we talk about short-term disability, maternity, paternity, but we don't really talk about needing that time off for bereavement. And when we do talk about it, even in the HR world, it's always, okay, how much time do you need to plan a funeral and go to the funeral? We don't talk about that extra time you might need mentally where you're not gonna be, you can be physically present at work, but you're not gonna be emotionally present. So that's kind of the issue is we don't think of it as something that is part of day-to-day -day life, which it is just like maternity, paternity, adoption, all of those things that do have legal requirements behind them. Sick time, which as you mentioned now has a legal requirement, but for whatever reason, bereavement seems to always get lost in that, even though it is just as much part of our daily lives as all those other instances. Right, and I think you covered kind of the next question of why bereavement policy is so important. It is something that is kind of forgotten in all of these different leaves that are offered through state legislatures. And so when we look at the paid sick time and things like that, it's only still a week. So then you kind of have to look at how you're using that week throughout the year. Something interesting to note definitely about the bereavement policy in total. Yeah, and to add to what you said, um, so FMLA, which obviously is the federal policy in terms of taking time off for either your own serious health condition or ser to take care of somebody with a serious health condition is a really you know great protection for employees. It gives them job protection, but typically it's unpaid. So again, if you wanna take advantage of FMLA, whether you know bereavement creates a mental condition that qualifies as a serious health condition, or you take it to take care of kids because your spouse has passed away, all of those things a lot of the time still leave you in a position where you're unpaid. So yeah, great, you're entitled to 12 weeks of unpaid leave, but in a situation where you've lost your spouse who maybe contributed 50% of the income, you might not be in a position to take 10 to 12 weeks of unpaid leave. So that's kind of the other thing is those protections exist, but are they really usable to people in the actual situation? I had a follow-up question. I was curious because you had mentioned that, you know, we have this time allotted for sick leave and for um, paternity and maternity leave. 
Do you have any thoughts of why bereavement has sort of been left out of that or um, less acknowledged than some of these other sort of part of daily life? Laurie, I think that's a great question. And I think the reason is that uh, bereavement is not, it's not fun. It's not cool. It's not something that people get excited about. It's something none of us want to think about. So as an HR person, when I tell people, oh, this is a great place to work, you get vacation time and you get flexible work and you get these great benefits, I'm never going to say, and you get bereavement leave because the first reaction is negative because everyone thinks, oh, that's not going to happen to me. I don't need that. And it's so ironic because folks really do get excited about short-term disability, long-term disability. They think of injuries or, you know, maybe being out for a happier reason like pregnancy. That's something they're willing to think about. But if you mention bereavement, it's, it's just, it shuts people down. And I think that's part of the reason that people just don't want to talk about it. That's interesting. So it's it's almost that people aren't pushing for it either when they apply or, or offered a job, as well as the company's not offering it to them. Yeah, it's it's like people, I mean, in my opinion, I think people just don't want to think about it. They think, I'll never need that. That's never going to happen to me. You know, it's something that you don't need until you need it. And when you need it, you're not in a mental place to demand anything. Yeah. And I'll add on to that, too, with as you said, it's not something you think about and it's not something that many people push for until they need it. And it's also, there's this huge stigma around the topic of grief. It's not something anyone wants to bring up in a public space, especially in a workplace setting, because there are certain stigmas that are attached to grief and different types of grief that makes it difficult for a bereavement policy to be effective for everyone. So I think the other part of not wanting to talk about it is the stigma that's attached to grief and bereavement in the first place, for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, not a lot of people have close friends at work. Um, not a lot of people want to share personal things at work with their boss or their coworkers. So there is a lot of pressure to not talk about it. And maybe you lose somebody and you don't even want to take bereavement because you don't want to explain that you lost somebody and you just take a vacation day and come back and try to act like nothing happened. And that, I mean, that just doesn't work. Right. And I think it's hard to, when you're asking for bereavement leave, it's just another question that we talked about. How do you even go about asking for bereavement leave? In the company where I work, uh, it's part of our handbook. So it's something that we do go over with our new hires when we bring them on. So we go over all the different types of time off. We're going to talk about how to request vacation, how to request sick time, et cetera. We're going to include bereavement in that. Our policy is Technically, that you should contact your manager or the HR department. It's pretty flexible. Luckily, most of our folks do have a good enough relationship with their manager where they can be honest when something's going on. A lot of the times, the death is expected. Um, obviously, sometimes it's not, but a lot of time we know that someone's spouse is ill or their grandparents not doing well or something like that. So we kind of have it in the back of our heads, and we don't make people jump through hoops to take bereavement. You know, if you have a death in the family and you text your manager or call HR and leave a voicemail and you say, here's the situation, I need these days off, we'll just let you take it. My company is a little bit more flexible, I would say, than some of the bigger companies. So we have about 230 employees. When you get into a company where you're over 5,000, 10,000 employees, you have to be a little bit more strict with your policies to make sure that they're administered fairly. So that's where you might get into a pretty technical process. I would say typically you're going to notify your manager just like you would with any other illness or um, vacation request or anything like that. Right. right. So we'll kind of go into a question 
Um, can you tell us more about EAPs? How do you know if your employer has one and what other resources do they provide? Because this kind of tags along with resources that our employer is giving us and how we kind of talk to our employers. Yeah, absolutely. So an EAP um, stands for Employee Assistance Program. Pretty standard benefit in most companies once you get over 50 employees or so. Um, typically part of your benefit package. What it is is a basically a work-based intervention program. It's like that. I think one of the biggest things to know with the EAP programs is the reliance on them is pretty heavy and the quality is typically not there. So most EAP programs are going to be really basic, almost a referral service. Or like I said, maybe you get one consultation. Typically, we rely on them a little bit too heavily and fall back on them instead of having maybe more comprehensive mental health bereavement resources, things like that. Right. If there was a comprehensive EAP, yes, it would be beneficial. But like you said, I think it's kind of hit or miss with a lot of companies. And so we'll kind of, the next question is all encompassing to kind of everything that we've been talking about. And it's really like, what is an ideal bereavement policy and what does that look like? So in I, your opinion, obviously. Yeah, yeah. in my opinion, um, I mean, ideally, I think people need to take the time they need to take. And for some people, that's a day. And for some people, that's a week. And for some people, maybe that's six months. And maybe they take a leave. So I think um, in an ideal world, you know, you work on a case-by-case -case basis and you figure out what that individual needs. Now, the issue with that is you're going to create inequity. So it's now going to be, well, because you work for this manager or in this department, you can take a month paid and five months unpaid. And then let's say you're maybe in a customer service position and they just can't afford to lose you and you get three days and that's it. So that's, that's the problem with that. You know, there's kind of the ideal world and the real world, but unfortunately in order to create equity and make sure that everyone's being treated fairly and the policies being administrated fairly, you have to have something in place. How does training work? What is an appropriate training program for someone to get at a company? So I think you, you have to address two different issues. One is the manager or the advocate that's going to be administering the bereavement or offering bereavement. Um, and I think that should be part of your leadership development, just like you train on the administrative, how to schedule vacations, how to treat sick time, things like that. Bereavement should be rolled into that as part of your training as a manager and also part of your leadership development. The other side of that, and Grievo has done this for us where I work, which is really wonderful, is the Grief in the Workplace workshop that talks about supporting you know, coworkers that return and might be bereaved. So I know we've definitely, I think I mentioned, had several people lose spouses and we all knew about it. It was something that um, was a terminal illness. So it was something that was going on for a while. And there's still that discomfort, even though we all knew it was coming, even though we all knew, okay, so-and-so is coming back on Monday. It's still that human discomfort that you feel where you just want to avoid it. And then not only is that person grieving, but they are now also isolated from their work friends and feeling, you know, socially left out and feeling ostracized almost. Um, and not that anybody intends to do that. I think it's just our human reaction to loss. Again, it's not, it's not fun. It's not something we want to think about or talk about and we pretend it's never going to happen to us. So My conversation with Anna and Laria does not end here. However, the podcast will end here today. As I edit this podcast, I realize the value of the conversation that we are having. With that being said, it is definitely 
a podcast that I could not fit properly into one 20 minute episode. <laughs> Today I'll do a quick recap on what we covered in this podcast. First, we talked about bereavement policies and how it varies depending on the workplace that you're in. Very few states have bereavement policy guidelines, and there are none in the federal government yet. Many times we see that we need more bereavement resources in the workplace. One of the examples we discussed was employee assistance programs. When they're offered, they often don't address grief. With all of that being said, the last thing we kind of talk about was an ideal bereavement policy and how it doesn't really exist. At this point, it's up to the company to look at their existing policies and benefits and figure out how much flexibility is built into them for someone that is in grief. Lastly, we discuss training and the importance of being able to understand and support those who are in grief The next podcast episode will focus a lot on returning to work. Again, I just want to say thank you to both Anna and Laria for having this conversation and bringing light to a topic such as bereavement policy. As this podcast comes to an end, I would like to talk about our self-care tip of the week. Focus on today's victories, not on your shortcomings. I had a really hard time finding something that fit a self-care tip that allows us to talk about bereavement policy and bereavement reform. However, when I look at policy change, I think of all of the things that need to be done to make the world a better place. And then I look at my own life and I look at all of the things that I need to be doing and I should be doing and I don't focus on the things that I have done. I don't look at all of the things that I've accomplished. So it's so important to remember to focus on today's victories, not on your shortcomings. And with that, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I look forward to you hearing about creating a safe workspace for someone who is returning to work. Have a good week, everyone. This podcast is created for you by Griefwell, a nonprofit offering grief resources and services to adults in grief. Visit www.grievewell.com to learn more about our services and how we can support you through your grief journey.